Why should New York Giant fans be excited about the upcoming season? I discussed that and more with special guest Kim Jones of New York Newsday coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. You got me, Patricia Chena, P-Train joining you as always every day. Appreciate you tuning in. And I am so happy to have this special guest on with me. This is her first time on the Locked on Giants podcast, a lady that I've known for a long time and who I've admired for a long time. You, Those of you watching on YouTube, you'll recognize her, I'm sure. She is Kim Jones. She is the beat writer for New York Newsday, longtime veteran reporter, and just a super nice person. So Kim, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you on. Patty, the admiration goes both ways, my friend. I'm very happy to join you today. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. And Kim, we're going to talk New York Giants because there's a lot to talk about. You know, we're coming off of training camp. We were talking a little bit before we started recording this about how it was a long, hot, grueling <laughs> summer for, for us. But I want to start off, Kim, if I could, by getting some of your impressions. What surprised you? What you noticed? What jumped out at you? And what you're still concerned about? Yeah, you know, I guess I'll start in reverse order if that's okay. And I'm no technician when it comes to the offensive line. I I think, though, that is where uh, at the guard level, uh, you know, there's there's clearly um, competition, which is a good thing. And hopefully for the Giants' sake, that competition is building depth, right? Because if they can, you know, use it in the right way, uh, that should help them through the season. I'm certainly not an offensive line expert. I would... I would defer to Bobby Johnson if he were on this call with us, the the (laughs) offensive line coach of the New York Giants, Patty, but he's not here today. But, um, you know, I do think that that the guards in particular have had a competitive training camp. And my guess is that's good for for everyone. You know, there's obviously lots of other topics to to, you know, talk about and to, to go over and to have layers with. To me, the offensive line is such a staple of teams that end up winning. The Giants have learned that over the years. Giants fans have learned that over the years. And I believe it always to be true. And as far as, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the offensive lines, particularly they added a center. Finally. I mean, I've only been screaming for a, for a full-time answer at center for, I don't know how long John Michael Schmidt's part of that rookie group. I mean, are you surprised at how quickly he's kind of, you know, settled in and just kind of, you know, won that job. It's it's almost like there wasn't really much of a competition, even though the Giants will say there was a competition. Right. right. Absolutely. They will. Um, and there wasn't, you know, he was going to start from the moment they drafted him um, in April. You know, I, I look at, at John Michael and he seems to have a lot of the qualities that Bobby Johnson and the Giants would like uh, and Brian Dayball and Joe Shane and, and the hierarchy as well, of course. But, you know, 
he's he did have a wrestling background. I don't believe he wrestled, you know, later in his time. But I'll tell you what, Patty, someday we could do a podcast on the people in, in football in particular who've had wrestling backgrounds and they've had tremendous careers because they understand leverage. They understand attack mode. They understand those things from a sport of amateur wrestling, which which I absolutely love. So that's why I bring it up. But you know, I think for John Michael, he's done very well. I will tell you his initial impression. I kind of said, oh, no, is this too big for him? Because he came across, a, you know, with a bit of a shy take, um, maybe not as outgoing. Uh, clearly, that's not the case on the practice field, Patty, because as you know, it can't be. Yeah, exactly. He's smart. And, you know, I make this comparison all the time. I don't know if you remember this player, but I go back to the 80s and he always reminds me of Bart Oates, not mm. just in the, in the face, but just in the demeanor and how he's yeah. played the game from what I've seen so far. And mm. Bart Oates was a pretty good center back in the day for that old lunch pail suburbanite yeah. line. I don't know if you remember them back from the day. I do, remember, I him. I do remember him. I will say he doesn't really remind me of Sean O'Hara. No. You know what I mean? A more recent center. You know, they, they don't no. all have to come in exactly the same size, shape and everything. Right. Else, right. Right. Yeah. I, I just, you know, that was the first thing I thought mm -hmm. when I saw him. I'm like, I can oh, understand that. yeah, so that was pretty cool. You know, sticking with the offense and we'll talk more about the, the rookies in, 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 a, yeah. in a moment. But I want to talk about Daniel Jones. Now, obviously, last year, Daniel had a great year, career year. But he still has a lot of, you know, critics saying, ah, it's a one-time shot, uh, $40 million a year and so far. What has been your impression of Daniel Jones going back to the spring? What have you seen in him? And, and you know, how confident are you that last year wasn't a one-year type of uh, deal for him? Yeah, you know, I look at Daniel Jones and I say, you know, this is probably the version of him that, that could have been predicted if only we all had hindsight and, you know, the, the ability to, to see into the future, right? We didn't know how the coaching staff would eventually shake out for Daniel Jones. With Brian Dayball, who, you know, has his hot-headed moments, I think we all would agree because we've seen them. But he seems to be a perfect complement, if you will, with his quarterback. You know, Josh Allen um, is, is a leader in a different way. And that's okay because Daniel doesn't have to be Josh Allen, he has to be, you know, to steal the version of thing that, that I heard a lot when I used to cover the Bills, the version of Daniel Jones is certainly good enough. So, you know, I look at the I look at the quarterback situation. I think the Giants are in good shape. And another part of that, Patty, absolutely positively has to be the players they've surrounded him with. Because these skill players check an awful lot of boxes and they don't all check every box. But as a group, in my opinion, they certainly do. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one player that, you know, is linked to Daniel Jones and his success is Saquon Barkley. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, without Saquon, Daniel doesn't have the year he had last year. And, you know, some people will argue vice versa. But, you know, speaking of Saquon, he had a, a career year last year. Didn't quite get the contract he was looking for. I'm right. sure he's disappointed and whatnot. But, you know, you look at Saquon this summer. We didn't really hear a whole lot about him, a lot from him, you know, other than in the beginning when he signed the contract. But you know Saquon pretty well. Um, what, what do you think, you know, how motivated is he? How much more motivated is he as opposed to maybe last year to really just, you know, continue on this path? I think first and foremost with Saquon Barkley, he's an adult. And honestly, Patty, I thought he was an adult when I met him at Penn State back before the, you know, the year before the draft. 
um, that he was obviously taken in by the Giants at two overall. So um, I, I think he understands. Um, I think the whole I had an epiphany thing to, um, you know, explain to us why he did show up at training camp ultimately on time. I, I think that that was um, probably something where he thought um, that was the best thing to say. And it might have been the best thing to say. I'm not criticizing it and I'm not trying to, you know, overly analyze it. But, you know, that's Saquon. Saquon does have an emotional part to him as well. Um, he's not a robot. You know, most of these guys, well, all of them aren't robots, but most of them do have that emotional side. And I think we can certainly understand why a, a football player who gets knocked around, you know, an awful lot of the time that he's on the field would want to be fairly compensated. All of that aside, and I say that because Saquon will put all of that aside every single time he steps on the field with his teammates. And I think we all saw him do that in training camp, whether he got the reps that that everyone thought he should or not. And by everyone, I mean the public or the media. It doesn't really matter. They want to keep him healthy. They know how important he is. And he will absolutely ring the bell opening day. There's no doubt in my mind. And, you know, Kim, you mentioned before about surrounding Daniel Jones with new you know, weapons. They've yeah. added Darren Waller. They've added Jalen Hyatt. You know, Darius Slayton's back. Paris Campbell was added. How much do you think those new weapons are not only going to help Daniel, but help maybe take some of the onus off of Saquon and that pounding that he just took so much of last year? Well, imagine like just the names you you mentioned, and I would obviously add a, Isaiah um, mm -hmm. I, Isaiah Hodgins. You weren't giving a, a list of the roster, Patty, so I certainly understand that. But um, yeah, I, I just think that everyone on the Giants is going to benefit, right? Think about being play caller Mike Kafka. You know, will it be any surprise after he almost, it seems, got a head coaching job this past offseason? Certainly it wouldn't be a surprise, depending on how things go, if he's in that same position at the end of this season. Um, you look at every player. Could their numbers perhaps come down a little bit? Maybe, but they also might make a lot of big plays because I don't know how, I, and I don't know how, a, a, an opposing defense at this point is going to deal with all of those weapons. I understand that's the same game that an awful lot of teams in this league, not every team, but an awful lot of teams in this league are playing. The Eagles, for example, have a plethora of weapons. We, we saw that and we've, we've seen how that helps them. They also have a, you know, incredible pass rush and the Giants have made some strides there as well. But when you look at the offensive weapons on this team, Patty, I do think you can fairly say they're going to be a hard cover for the vast majority of teams they play. Yeah, for sure. And would you say it's fair that the Giants, at least on offense, and we'll talk about defense in just a little bit, but would you say it's fair that they've maybe closed the talent gap a little bit with Dallas and with Philadelphia? I think it's fair. I do. I, I you know, I, I also think it, it's, it's possible that they end up the same place at the end of the season. You know, they're a playoff team. I do believe they're a playoff team for sure. And once you're a playoff team, anything goes. We get that. We've seen upsets. You know, we love upsets, generally speaking, in playoffs. But, you know, it, could they meet the same fate if a matchup with the Eagles comes like it did last at the same time it did last year, for example? I, you know, I, I don't know how you would rule that out. Obviously, Giants fans are hoping for a better um, end to the season, and I certainly understand that, and they should. You know, this is a time where I would say to Giants fans, you can start to dream again. And I understand we've had a couple of those benchmarks in recent years, 
But this time it feels really, really real. And I would hope the Giants fan is saying, yes, my team is back. This is going to be fun. And let's see where we get when we're talking about Thanksgiving, when we're talking about Christmas, when we're talking about any holiday late in the year. You know, where are we going to be? We're going to be in it. And for Giants fans, I hope that's the case. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices guaranteed, you also get to see exactly what your viewpoint's going to be in the arena or stadium. And they also offer event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that code is locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. We're talking with Kim Jones. She is the beat writer of New York Newsday. A lot of you know her, a lot of you love her, and a lot of you have asked me about her having her on the podcast, so I'm glad to have her on with us. And Kim, let's talk about the defense now. Wink Martindale is back, and I got to tell you, does he not remind you of a mad scientist with all these creative looks that he throws and all these different, you know, formations and stuff? Do you just sit there and just marvel over it like I do? I, I do, Patty. I do. And I also marvel over the way he kind of um, deals with, isn't the word I'm, I, I want to use, but it's kind of what I mean, even though that kind of has like a negative connotation and I don't mean it to, but the way he relates to, that's better. That's a better word, Kim. Thank you very much. Um, the way he relates to players, mm. I, I do think is interesting. Is he everyone's cup of tea? I would guess not. You, you know, you can't, you, you know, he's a, he's a big personality. He's a, um, a, a successful defensive coordinator. There certainly could have been times over the years where he could have been a head coach in this league. I don't think there's doubt about that. And, and who knows what could happen in the future. But when you look at Wink Martindale, you, I see a coach with great conviction in what he believes is the best way to play defensive football and the way he wants to coach his players to do exactly that. And I do believe with the um, with Bobby Okereke coming in, um, you know, you've heard Wink say, Patty, you know, if you have a slow mic, you have a slow defense. Lately, he said, if you have a fast mic, you have a fast defense. I guess you can turn it around both ways. And I'm not going to argue with Wink. But, you know, it is true that a coach, I believe, can really impart his personality on a team. And to some extent, I think Wink has done that. He's obviously a bit bigger than life and players, you know, generally speaking, can't be. But I will tell you this, Patty, I am absolutely fascinated how he decides is best to use Isaiah Simmons. I think Mm -hmm. that is going to be, that has to feel like a little present, maybe a big present at the end of this training camp run. Because, my goodness, those possibilities could be endless. Tell me about it. And also just how he's been deploying different guys in different spots. You know, sometimes we see, you know, linebackers with their hands in the dirt and they're standing up. I mean, just all – and then the the secondary. Let's talk about the secondary. First off, 
first off, are you as surprised as I yeah. am? I mean, possibly two rookies starting at cornerback yeah. with a Dory coming down in the, in the slot. I mean, did that just absolutely take you by surprise as it did for me? Yes. And I think it says an awful lot about this Giants regime. A sixth rounder has earned out of Old Dominion, has earned his way into a starting spot. We're talking about, of course, Trey Hawkins third. Uh, we knew Deontay Banks was drafted to start. That that was a no-brainer, you know, barring something that we won't even speak of in terms of something that could have gone wrong during training camp injury-wise. It didn't, so, you know, we're past that. But Banks was going to be the starter. Um, Hawkins wasn't on anyone's mind, at least not that I know of. And I'm not even sure the coaching staff said, you know, from day one, yeah, that kid might start for us. I'm not sure of that either. I mean, he absolutely took that job. You've seen him on the practice field, Patty. He's long. Um, he's he's active, obviously. I've interviewed him. Uh, I'm sure that you've had a chance to, to talk to him at times as well during training camp. And if not, you you know, you will, you know, training camp, you know how it is with interviews and stuff. I happened to talk to him one day and just very understated, but but there's a confidence there and there's going to have to be. Yeah, for sure. And then again, they can use a Dory down in the slot. Although yeah. I think with the slot uh, cornerback position, when, you know, and, and as we're recording this uh, word came out that it looks like Darnay Holmes is going to stick around. He's agreed to a pay cut. So it okay. sounds like they're going to go with a committee approach there. And you know what, Kim, that allows Wink to do something he wasn't able to do last year. And that is play matchup football. And that's so important. We see it with some of the better teams that are able to play matchup football and just, you know, kind of have that chess game going on a little bit. And it makes a difference. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. And that's to me where Simmons becomes absolutely fascinating because he can match up a couple different places. Um, There was a report, Patty, I believe from the Cardinals website that he had told coaches out there, um, the new regime, um, that he didn't want to play linebacker. Isaiah has said that he didn't say that. It doesn't really matter, obviously. But the point is he can be a chess piece for a a coordinator as open-minded and as aggressive as Wink. And I, I just I think the whole thing now has become more fascinating. I would have said to you a week ago on this call, man, the offense is going to be fantastic. Let's talk Waller. Let's talk Hyatt. Let's talk Daniel. Let's talk Saquon. You know, all of those kinds of things. But the Simmons addition to me adds a whole new wrinkle with a capital W to this Giants defense. And I'm fascinated to see it. Yeah, I am as well. I mean, and you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see the whole practices now right, that we're right. going into regular season mode. But right. certainly as it's unveiled in the games, it's going to be a lot of fun to see mm-hmm. how Wink and Wink is creative enough to come up with ways to use Isaiah Simmons's talents that maybe nobody's thought of or nobody's done a whole lot of. So that should certainly be interesting. Kim, I want to talk about the safety position because, you know, we're talking about surprises and, you know, coming into the summer, we figured, okay, it's going to be Xavier McKinney and maybe, you know, Bobby McCain, the veteran. But yep. Jason Pinna has just come out and just had a whale of a camp. I mean, this is a guy the Giants picked up off waivers last year from the Jets. Yep. Yep. Did that surprise you? Yes, it did surprise me. Now, it didn't surprise me after the interception heard around the world that happened on the practice field in East Rutherford because that interception um, of the ball intended for Waller to that point in camp. And Patty, you'd probably have better, um, you know, uh, record keeping on this than I do, but 
it felt like until that point, Waller had caught just about every ball thrown his way, and it wasn't particularly close. And here's Jason Pinnock. Jason Pinnock stepping in front of Waller and making this unbelievable one-handed catch that the defense went nuts over, and rightly so. And really, at that point, I thought it gave a spark to training camp. When, let's face it, training camp does have a mundane feel to it at times. I get that the fans get to go there and watch, and I'm sure that they enjoy it, and that good for them, obviously. But generally speaking, there are dog days of training camp that are different than dog days in general. They're harder. They're, they're hotter. They're more boring in some cases. Some cases. Um, so I just thought that it happened at the perfect time, and I also thought that Pinnock then turning that into, and I think my timing's right here, Patty, and if it's not, correct me, that then he goes to um, Detroit and has a nice couple of days where he also shows the ability to make plays. And I just thought that right there, you kind of said to yourself, that's going to be the safety that lines up next to Xavier McKinney. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, that's a credit, not just to the players, Kim, and not, and not just specifically to Pinnock, but this coaching staff, I mean, can we talk about how they have gotten so much out of this group? Yeah. Going back to last year, even when a lot of people are like, ah, you know, the receiver group, not, the, you know, bunch of bombs, you know, Daniel Jones, who knows what you're going to get out of him. This coaching staff has worked wonders. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yes. And I would say, especially last year with the receivers, there just weren't many of them. And now look at them. And yet Isaiah Hodgins um, and Darius Slayton are still a big part of that group. They could be two starters on the outside. You know, you never, you know, and Hyatt's going to figure in there and obviously Waller and all of these other names now. But those two, um, you know, are still around and rightly so. Slayton's, you know, and the older guy of the group just because he's been here longer. And Hodgins obviously did a fantastic job coming in last year from the waiver wire in Buffalo. So, yeah, Patty, I, I just I look at this team and, uh, you know, and the offense in particular, and I just say there are playmakers like they're not going to have to like light candles hoping that they can have, you know, an you know 86 yard drive. They have the pieces to have that 86-yard drive. Is it always going to work? Of course not. But they at least are giving themselves a chance now. And for me watching this team, and I know, Patty, you've watched them for years and years as well. But for me watching this team, to finally look at them and say, no matter what the scenario, they can get it done. First down, touchdown drive, stop, big stop, whatever the case is. They have the personnel to get it done. It won't be foolproof, but at least they have the ingredients to put in to a set successful operation now. Patty, we haven't been able to say that very often, very lately. Hey, Giant fans, when the Locked on Giants podcast is over, did you know that you can continue the conversation with me, Patricia Traina, host of the podcast? That's right. Simply join our new subtext community, an exclusive group of subscribers who are looking for a more intimate setting that includes being among the first to receive breaking news and views that you won't see on my social media podcasts or articles. We're also offering subscriber exclusives, including a weekly community Q&A that's done via video and a new weekly film study done with former NFL scout David Turner. And did you know that as a member of the Lachlan Giants subtext community, you can also text one-on-one -on -one with me? 
I love hearing from my listeners and I'm so glad to be a part of this program and I hope you'll want to try it out as well. And you can try it out, by the way, risk-free for 14 days. If you like it, do nothing and then you'll pay just $4.99 a month after your free trial period ends. If you don't like it, cancel before your trial period ends and owe nothing. I'm confident that you're going to enjoy the subtext community as much as I do and as much as my other subscribers do. And I hope you'll consider giving it a try. To sign up, visit joinsubtext.com slash lockedonnygiants. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash lockedonnygiants. Message and data rates may apply. Check with your cellular carrier for details. We're speaking with Kim Jones. She is the beat writer at New York Newsday's overall super person. You guys know her. You guys love her. Kim, a few more for you before we say goodbye. You know, not to turn this conversation, which has been mostly positive, negative, but no team is perfect. There's always right. going to be concerns. And at this right. stage of the game, where do you see the biggest concern? I know you mentioned offensive line before. Would you say, is that your biggest concern for this unit? Or do you see another concern that just you, you'd like to see maybe resolved over the next few days? Well, I think the offensive line only because we're not talking about proving pe- proven pieces. Whereas like at most other positions, other than corner, which we, you know, discussed at length, Pat, you know, as you know, Patty, because, you know, we were having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that you look at it and you say, well, if, if, one of the corners gets beat, we live with it, we live to see another day, that kind of a thing. That's how it's going to be with corners. So I can't say the corners are my biggest concern because of the league, the way the league is now. Everyone's throwing the ball all over the place and corners are getting burned all over the place. Even the great corners are getting burned at times. So, you know, for me, I look at this team and I, I just see a team with great camaraderie. And, you know, to the person like kind of rolling their eyes at that, I get it. I've always been big on like intangible kind of stuff. And generally speaking, the Giants have it going on at that level, like from what I can tell and for what I've gleaned. And, you know, going back to one of your earlier questions, I, I truly believe that's why Saquon's in camp and why he, you know, and the whole epiphany that allowed him to, to um, or that led him, allowed and led him to report on time. You know, he, he understands what this team is. You know, and I think in due time, everyone will. Are they going to be perfect? No. Are they going to win the division? I don't know. The Eagles are still tough and the Eagles pass rush still would scare me. Um, But I think they're going to be a real fun watch. And I think they're going to have enough ingredients on both sides of the ball to confound a good number of their opponents. Enough? We'll see. Kim, uh, progress is never linear. I think we can right. both agree on that. Yep. That being yep. said, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking for progress from mm-hmm. uh, last year to this year. Yep. What to you would be progress for this Giants team? Would it be a number of wins? Would it be a certain event? I mean, what, what do you see as being progress from, from last year to this year? I think making the playoffs for another year in a row. And I know that like, I can understand the person going like, oh, really? That's it. But it's been a while. Last year, it had been a long time to do it again. You know, again, I'm not saying this is the dream scenario for Giants fans, but to do it again would represent progress. And that's where I am as I go into the season. I'm also a reporter. 
So it's, I'm in a different role than the fan is who's saying, wait a minute, you know, I want an NFC championship game. I, I want a Super Bowl. I get all of that. But for me, when I look at it, I almost feel like a do-over from last year would still represent progress. I, I get where the, 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 the person watching this, Patty, either just rolled their eyes or said she's crazy or, you know, no way. Or, you know, if we lose to the Eagles again in the divisional round, it's going to be a disappointment. I understand it. But logically, as you look at from where the Giants have come, and I know we've mostly forgotten about that stuff now, that to me would be a, an incredible accomplishment that would lead them into another year of stability, another year of, of roster building, and another year, you know, hopefully of continuing to win. And for to their your, And to your point, Kim, if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time the Giants made the playoffs in back-to-back years, yep. I want to say 2007 and 2008. I, be- I, I believe you're right. And it's been a long time. And I was around yeah. then. You know, it was a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it was a significant achievement. The funny part is, you know, and you can play this game with the Yankees. You can play this game, you know, with other teams that that, that the, the listeners here, you know, root for, I'm sure. You know, you take it for granted when it happens. And then you look back and say, those are the good old days. The Giants, in my mind, are still getting back to really good days. But they certainly could add another really good year to last year's this year, if that made sense. Yes. Yes, it definitely does. All right, Kim, one more question for you, if I may. Yep. The schedule. Yeah. Everybody's talking about that schedule, especially in the yeah. beginning of the year when the Giants have, I think, four of their first five primetime games in the first, I want to say, first half of the year. Okay. They've got that rough uh, road stretch in the beginning of the year, even yep. though you know, you're talking to Arizona, and then they got to turn around and go out to Frisco. Right. Is the schedule overblown? It do you think is that factor overblown because it is what it is? But yeah, or, or do you think that there's some concern there and some challenge there that maybe we're not really talking enough about? Well, I, I listen. I, I think the Giants probably requested, "Hey, if you're sending us to Arizona, let's do it early in the season and let's put another long trip, you know, away. Obviously, a trip away." Um, so that we can get two out of the same trip. So to me, the Arizona trip is daunting, especially, you know, when you don't love long plane flights like I don't, but no one cares what I think. But when you look at it that way, they get two games on the West Coast out of their system um, right away, you know, right away in the span of, what is it, five days since they play on Thursday night? So, yeah. you know, the, to me, they, it's probably engineered the best way it could be for the Giants. And again, I, I think the Giants, you know, may have asked for that because they are going to stay out in Arizona for two days. Then they'll fly to San Fran on Wednesday. They'll play the game Thursday. They'll get to fly right home. You know, most of us will fly home, you know, that next morning. But um, I don't think I, I the one place where I don't think. We are like athletes, okay? There are many ways we are not like athletes. Athletes are not like us. Generally speaking, in my experience, they want to know what's ahead of them. They want to know the task. They want to know their role. And then they want to get on a roll to to deal with all of those things. We are the ones, you know, just common folk like us who don't play professional sports and never have and never will. We're the ones who, you know, say like, well, what about that part of the schedule? What about that 
trip. What, I don't think they do that as much as we do, Patty. I, I think that they understand the mission. I think early in the season is more favorable for that kind of a, a two-team, you know, um, outing out on the West Coast. And I think they just say, let me know when game time is, you know, and I'll strap it up and I'll be there. See, folks, this is why I love her so much. She's so good with her, her perspectives, and she just takes different angles. She is Kim Jones <laughs> of New York Newsday. First time on the podcast, hopefully not the last time either. Not the last. Not uh, the last. Is- I'm going to be bugging you to come on. Oh, anytime. anytime. I, sit my, I sit by myself here. I, I, I need some conversation. Anytime. Anytime. You've got my number. I'm always happy to chat with you. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. Don't forget, we're going live tonight. Tana, Trina, and no, excuse me, Trina, Tana, and Dog. I got that mixed up. I always mix that up, and I shouldn't. Shame on me. So make sure you check us out live tonight, 730, Locked on Giants live. Thanks to Kim Jones. Thanks to you, folks. We will see you tonight. And if we don't see you tonight, we'll see you tomorrow here on the Locked on Giants podcast.